What up, fam bros? Today's episode of The Fan Bro Show is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate, as you guys know, is a monthly subscription box full of epic geek and gamer items and our favorite in pop culture gear. Every month, there's a new collectible and new exclusive item to match that month's theme. And this month is Guardians. Expect fantastic dope shit from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that includes Star Wars, Destiny, The Goonies, and more. Head to LootCrate.com slash FanBros and enter code FanBros to save $3 on any new subscription today. Welcome to the FanBros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan ah, The show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Benjamin, a.k.a. the anti-trife equation, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, a.k.a. the Konami code name, AKA up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA Baracus here in the spaceship tonight. Uh, oh, I'm not getting. Oh. It took too long to get there. Oh, it's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic, folks. Just like this episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. And I am here in the spaceship as always, joined by. Tatiana and King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Yohura of the Spaceship, Colleen Wingstop, the Phantom Menace to F Society, Deuce Piccolo, Ivan Yeo, Blackness Everdeen, Chance the Parappa, and Flex Luthor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B.A. Barakas <laughs> is a classic. I don't care what anybody that's, that's, says. That's also very for a very particular generation so you know no no the konami code goes i know what the konami code is sir who you yes. guess who you talking to watch out watch yourself hey, hey, that's right well let's watch ask the, uh, the third person <laughs> in the spaceship original fan bro himself down from the first episode i think now the reigning champ might might have taken mayor of you know fan bro show again we have returning to the spaceship Oh, senior editor of Lion Forge Comics, <laughs> Mr. Joe Illich. Yo, thank you for having me here, man. I, oof, I don't have any AKAs to match that, so I'm going to have to make up for it as I go along. I'm rolling with it right All here. Right. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. This is like your fourth or fifth time on the show, Joe. I think you should have some AKA. Yeah, okay, right. okay, okay. You're right. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta come correct with some. I AKAs. mean, Joe, you're a fan bro show all star. It's a very small group of people. Ah, uh, thank this you. Circle. Oh man, I'm honored and feeling guilty at the same time. How is that <laughs> possible? That y'all That's be all right. Listening? that's all right welcome to the show joe happy to have you here thank you thank you thank you congratulations also on lion forge being the pinnacle of indie comics right that is correct that is correct (laughs) thank you very much today's a big day we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff long time coming but i'm happy it's here Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into all that. But, you know, like you said, today is a big day. We're here in the spaceship tonight, but tomorrow is 
you know, by the time you hear this, May 4th, so May the 4th be with all y'all. The Force is with you always. You know how we do. Shout out yes. to all my Star Wars heads out there. Is there like, so there isn't like a sign you can make with your hand, like a gang sign or whatever. Like, you know, with Star Trek, you got the, the Vulcan salute. Is there something we could do for Star Wars? I'm pretty sure there is some type of Jedi salute that I don't know about, but, you know, commonly, no. The only one that's really well-known, you know, is the Jedi hand wave for when you do... Right, you know, right, 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 okay, good yeah. point, good point, good point. Yeah. The Jedi mind trick wave is definitely known, but I don't know about any others. I'm sure there's something that I'm not on, but, yeah, I've never known the Jedi or the Sith or right. anyone to have any signals like that. Oh, we could yeah, come I can't up with think- something. Yeah, I can't think of anything that wouldn't involve holding like a lightsaber in your hands in one way, shape, or another. So that would be the trick. Pretty much. That usually lets people know that you're a full-on Star Wars geek when you're walking around with a lightsaber. <laughs> that's, I was that's walking what I'm around yeah. 34th Street with a lightsaber. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> but you know what? You could get away with that. You could get away with that in New York. So yeah, I think that would be all right. That wouldn't even be a problem. Man. You know what no. I mean? I'm considering doing it myself for the fourth. Like that, that is what I'm really thinking about right now. Because I, of course, being a serious Star Wars geek, do have a real lightsaber. So uh-oh, you know, I was, you know, I was thinking about busting it out and walking around 34th Street, you know, on the fourth. So you know, if you y'all if, if y'all out there, you know, look for me. That's Don't it. you still have Finn's jacket? Uh, I might still have Finn's jacket as well. So, you know, I could do a little combo action wow. right there. Wow. All right. Yeah, all right. You know, we, we might have to get a little deep. You know, we'll see, though. Like I said, <laughs> if, if you see me out there, then you know. If not, you know, you know, check my Instagram stories at DJ Benjamin. But, yeah, let's, you know, another little, you know, little movie, you know, besides Star Wars that does take place in a galaxy far, far away, mm-hmm. it is coming out this weekend. And yes, yes, yes. Yes, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And your boy Ben, I mean, happened to catch a screening of it. <sighs> let, me, let me brush my shoulders off real quick. <laughs> oh, uh, here we And you're go. lucky because you have the exclusive in this group because only you have seen it, Ben, I mean. I know, yeah, I know, I know. It's really sad. I wish everyone had. But, you know, even if everyone had, I still wouldn't get any spoilers right now. So I'm just going to keep it real light on it and say it's really damn good. Like, before I was thinking, after I immediately saw it, I was like, oh, I don't know if it's as good as the first one. But mm-hmm. then when I had time to sit and think about it and it started hitting me, some of the stuff that happened in it and just the whole emotional you know, journey through the movie. It really started hitting me after I sat down with it, and I think it probably is better than the first one, or at least as oh. good. Nice, yeah. nice. I mean, yeah. for me, it's like, first of all, I just love how Marvel just basically, like, is just revealing the whole cosmic mythology mm-hmm. through the Guardians of the Galaxy. I like the way they have, they have their sectors, right? They right. have space, they have Earth, and they have the streets and yep. they're revealing right. the mythologies. But for me, it's like, I'm already getting the feels for like Infinity War. I'm already imagining when like Quill comes back to Earth and he meets oh. up with Captain America and stuff like that. It's like, I'm already getting the feels for like when like the Guardians meet the Avengers. You know what I'm saying? So wow. they're already, they're just, you know what I mean? Like as a fan, you're speculating that stuff and you're like, just like the juxtapositions of these characters, like we're just gonna lose it. Like Marvel's gonna make all the money, <laughs> like, real, like like all the money. So when right. people are talking about 
when people are talking about, yo, Wonder Woman, like, is going to be, like, it. I'm like, yeah, Wonder Woman is going to have to be more than it. Mm. Because Marvel's kind of got, like, a long line of success. And basically, this year, it's going to go up against Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and it's going to go up against Spider-Man Homecoming. Then you got Thor Ragnarok. It's like... Mm. That's right. triple pl- that's triple play, man. Black Panther next year. Oh Lord. <laughs> I mean, I not mean, only not only do they have a string of successes, they had a plan going in. They had a plan. What what are we in now? Over ten years now? Or, or... they're in phase three. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean just in terms of years of actual plan that has come yeah, to this fruition. Is like ten years now. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Because so, it kicked off in two thousand and eight, right? Yeah. Right. So it matters to have a plan. It matters to have a roadmap. I.e., like you said, we're in, we're in phase three already, and Marvel has already said they have movies coming through for your children already. So, yeah. Yeah. Th- like, it's a nonstop flow at this point. So, I of course they're gonna win. They better win. That's it. That's it. So, I mean, if Wonder Woman can really just come out the box and like you know, set a new bar, that would be great. Then it starts to be fun. But that 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 film that that film's got a heavy that film's got a heavy burden, man. Like Diana should not have to carry that burden on both of her shoulders. It's mm. not fair. No. But you know, we wouldn't know because we don't see no promo for it. Oh here you we know, go. Right, okay, now 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 this Uh-oh, has definitely been body said blow, body yeah, blow. <laughs> there's definitely been that's definitely been said, but at the same time they have been doing promo. It's just been in the weirdest places. Like last <laughs> night I'm sitting there watching the flash and um Legends I think comes on right after the flash. There's no Wonder Woman promo in it. And then you turn over to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel property, and there's Wonder Woman commercials. Like, I understand you want to be big bad and, 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 you know, get froggy and go after your enemy. But come on, like, use your friends. Use your allies as well. You have a whole freaking channel dedicated to D.C. Why are you not utilizing that? Where are the, this is, we're in New York. Where are the billboards? Nope. It comes it's out true. in what less than a month? Uh, uh, yeah, less than a month now, like two right. seconds. So what I uh, and I guess people were saying, well, now this month in May they're gonna really go hard. Okay, I guess. But where were you before? And this is not saying that there has not been any trailers. Yes, we've seen them trailers. Yes, we've seen all this stuff. But it came to your point, Ben. It came in very weird places, strange timing, and then it has never been a sustained marketing push for it whereas that's all you see hell we seen more shit about justice league a movie don't even come out this year than we have of wonder woman see and the optics are really bad on that right when it's like you know if you look at how superman has been handled batman versus superman was handled and it's like this is your first film female lead wonder woman is iconic on multiple levels why should this even be happening? You know what I mean? Like, you should be firing on all cylinders because most of the free world knows that this film is like a redemption for your cinematic universe. That's just yeah. a fact of the matter. Yeah. You know? It's a redemption. Yeah. It's it's highly, ridiculously anticipated. As much as I'm yelling about it, I'm super excited for it. Like, y'all... It, I just, it just makes me so mad. <laughs> you know, I, I, I fully so understand. Mad. 
and they've said a lot of things. DC has already said that they, you know, went to a new marketing process with this movie, which might be a mistake, but, you know, that's their business, not like, you know, it's not intentional. They just went to a new marketing that's based more on data, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But whatever, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I just, the, the line that keeps running around is in my head is, you had one job. Like, you're the marketing department. You had one job. So I don't want to hear about this. Oh, we're going to some new process. Like, why are you going to a new process when the old process worked? The old process got you exposure. The problem was that the product did not deliver right. on, the market, on the marketing campaign. Now, the popular word is you have a good product. There's no reason to modify the marketing process. Joe Illich with the logic. Hey, man, what can I say? But yeah, basically, you know, like you said, they're not doing it right, Joe. And it could be a tremendous mistake because Guardians of the Galaxy is projected to make $150 million. Having seen it, you know, in its first weekend and having seen it, I think it's going to be one of those movies that, you know, stays with people where they might go back and see it again and again. Because just the opening sequence alone, you know, I remember when James Dunn said that he was going to top the first one and he might have done it. That wow. joint is some ish, yo. That wow. just the opening sequence alone is so worth seeing again. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna give anything away, any more of it. But joint is dope. Definitely go check it. Let's hope Wonder Woman does live up to it because, like you said, Marvel is locking down the space, the cosmic side. They've locked down the Avengers side, and today the Defenders trailer dropped, and they're locking down the street side. Yeah. Yeah. I so. First, Simone Missick. Let, let me say Missick. that. Let, yeah. let me say that first. Let me say that first. Yes. Simone Missick. Yes. Ladies and I was going to say first Misty Knight uh, uh, played by Simone Missick for yes. sure. I need more Misty. I need more Misty. Mm -hmm. Two, it looked really cool to see all of them together. Actually, all the stories finally looping together and starting to make some sense. Three, why was Justin Timberlake still in there kicking and doing his thing? I don't oh understand. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Timberland won't let him make an album right now, so, you know, he got to do these Netflix Why? Shows. I mean, I know it's May, but I don't understand how, why hey. Justin Timberlake was in wow. the trailer. I mean, but besides that, I had to say, you know, the rest of them even made Coachella Fist, you know, look passable. You know, man, I was just excited Honestly, because... Honestly, I didn't... No. <laughs> no. I mean... He, looks, he still look whack as shit to me. And it even looked... And I understand that's part of the joke. And I get it. Don't at me. He looked even dumber when he was, like, trying to hit um, <laughs> Luke Cage. Like, it just... I just kept thinking, like, how corny he was in his series. And then to see him just be doubly corny in front of everybody else, it's, uh, it's just... Mm, nah. Yeah, that is strange. Like, he definitely is the weakest link. I mean, for me, I was just excited by the fact that, you know, I remember watching Daredevil season one and thinking, oh, this is all going to lead into the hand. Right. And, like, the big ultimate fight. And the fact that that is being realized yeah. to me is just, like, like that's yeah. it. Like, as a fan who grew up on, like, the Frank Miller Daredevil comic books, to yes. see, like, the ultimate battle for New York and the hand. And even though she only had like two quick scenes, like just like Sigourney Weaver there in her like confidence and like mm. all these hand agents. I'm just like, so basically 
with this, they're gonna like step on DC's neck again. How you gonna come with like Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow like after the Defenders? Like really like just like just rip up all your scripts and start over again, right? Because it's like I don't know, man. I mean, I just really feel like the way they bring their characters together, the way they doveline the stories together and build them to crescendos, it's just better. You know yeah. what I mean? It's better. So, yeah. but yes, Iron Fist is most definitely the weakest we link. There. And I think oh, they're yeah. even playing to that. Like in the trailer, like when like Luke's like, who are you? And he's like the immortal Iron Fist. He's like, the what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you. You need more people. What? Like, like what? What I'm really interested in seeing just beyond the the general main idea of the Defenders is how the the supporting threads will also start twisting and tying together. I'm interested to see how and where Colleen Wing will fit in, how um, Harold Meacham's going to fit in. His crazy right. ass. How Hogarth fits in because she's already been looped into several stories already, and 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 it's just I'm I'm interested in how they really interlock and weave all four of these worlds or or subworlds together within the city. I I think that shit's gonna be bananas. No, I agree. I'm really excited about it. And slight tangent, but I gotta tell you, I'm dying for the new Punisher series. Like it can't come fast enough because that Mm. character was so hot from daredevil season two so it's like the fact that after the defenders like we're gonna get the punisher yeah it's it's just like take my time like it's not about money because it's free in a sense so it's like (laughs) but you can you can have my time you can have 13 hours of my life yes right and And the and the defenders drop august 18th and yeah. one last note on the Defenders, because I just read this today. Now, this is all rumor and conjecture, but the idea is that Sigourney Weaver might be playing Mephisto. I heard that, too. I didn't, oh, I, 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 I didn't heard that before today, but people have said that this has been, like, you know, coming together. Like, people have been, you know, putting together hints and clues for a while. I yes, have not heard this before This today, was a couple of months ago. It, that, it was popping up, and I just kind of was like, okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. I, I, you know what? I don't know what I would think of that, but I'm confident that they would pull it off. Oh yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hugely confident, especially you know, given Daredevil's you know relationship with Mephisto in the comics at some point. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. You're absolutely right. Hell's yeah, Hell's Kitchen and the Angel or the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. It's like so that you know we shall see. Definitely hype for that, and you know. We can't get out of this intro because there was just one more trailer that I just, you know, got. <laughs> I wonder what you could be talking about. Claire. I mean, just real quick, folks. This is a moment, you know, if you check Fan Bro Show on Instagram, you saw the video today. Dark Tower starring Idris Elba dropped the trailer today. And I'm just such a huge fan of these books. I've read everyone in the series. I read more Stephen King because of these books, and this is like a moment I've been waiting for for a long, long damn time. Mm. And yo, yeah. man, I I mean, they they delivered like it's there's no way this joint is going to live up to the books for me. You know, I already know that, but 
At the same time, to see Idris as Roland and to hear him quote the gunslinger's oath was just like right. Man. So, as someone oh who knows, God. as someone who knows the books, because I don't know any of anything about the Dark Tower series, what just overall, like I know you said you loved seeing Idris as the gunslinger. What about Matthew McConaughey? Like, how did you? Oh did that God. whole did the vision kind of, I won't say it was the same, but did it kind of match some of your expectations? Well, okay, this is the thing. In the books, Roland is definitely described as a white dude who looks, you know, like Clint Eastwood, pretty much. Like, you know, an old... An well, old that, that can be interpreted anyway, right? But yeah. in terms of the actual feel of the trailer, so it was it kind of had that gritty kind of situation, muted colors, things like that. Like, And then the whole idea of going between worlds, did that meet? And kind of your expectations of what this, what it would look like in live action? No. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's interesting. Why? No. no what did no, you expect? No. I mean, okay. All right. Basically, the story of the gunslinger, real quick, is that Roland is the gunslinger. And in that world, gunslingers are basically like the, like the knights of the round table. And, okay. you know, he served a King Arthur type at one point. And basically, in this world, Everything has fallen apart and the world has moved on is what the phrase they use. And so everything that he knew is done. Like there are no more gunslingers. He's pretty much the last of them. He's Mm. old and beat down at this point. Mm. And he's trying to find the man in black. That's how the book starts. And the man in black is Matthew McConaughey, who basically represents the devil. He's all he appears in a bunch of Stephen King's books. He's uh, Randall Mm. or, or Randall Flagg in The Stand. He's the Crimson King and another one, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, he represents, like, evil and the devil, et cetera, et cetera. And he's chasing him down, and he chases him to our world. Oh, okay. And that's where he meets Jake, who is the little boy in the trailer. And it just goes on and on from there. But it's it's hard, you know, because it's something that's from your imagination. So, like, my imagination is different than what I saw on screen. But to see Roland throw the bullets up in the air and then load them into the gun. That was sick. I mean, it's shit like that. Like, that's like that's, in the book, I mean, at one point, he's just a monster. I mean, not at one point, he is a monster with his guns. And it's just like, I would never thought how could they do it on screen. And right. they did it. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I, well, there's two things that I love besides like the look. Number one, like, I'm a big fan of interconnected universes. And while I haven't read the Dark oh, Tower stuff, I'm familiar. I've read some of King's other works. So the idea yep. that, that this is Randall Flagg in this film as like mm-hmm. the ultimate enemy. Like yeah. that excites me the same way that Stephen King's The Shop crosses over into other books. Like yes. that kind of stuff really excites me that this the is over- part of a much larger narrative. And when you think about it, King was, you know, he was doing that long before there was a Marvel Cinematic Universe and everyone doing it now. Like he was doing it in the books a long time ago. So just the the breadth of it is really exciting to me, but also the fact that like Idris Elba is just, I, I mean, it goes beyond like racial issues. He's just attractive and able in every context that you could think of. So the idea of him as this iconic character in modern literature Come on, it's like sold. Once they said he was cast, there was like, there's no doubt. Yeah, no, sold, no. and he and he pulls it off. You know what I mean? Like you said, he pulls it off as that beaten, 
weathered person, you know, and, and, and that's always just an appealing narrative anyway, right? Like the redemption story or the person that is beaten down, having to get back up. And the fact that it's a black man in this role and the kind of metaphorical statement that makes in our times, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you got, you've been beaten and you got to get back up, you Mm. know? So I'm in it. I'm ready. Let's go. No, and I was talking about that on Twitter today. Like, there's a lot of messages, like, just in the Gunslinger's oath, his oath that he says in the trailer, you can go watch it and see. There's just, It's on fanbros.com, but there's just so many messages in the book. And like you said, when you talk about interconnected universes, this book connects all of Stephen King's books. Like, there's mentions in other books of things that happen in the Dark Tower. This is, like, his big thing. And, like, even in the trailer, you see the Overbrook Hotel from The Shining, there's a real quick shot of it. Like oh, everything man. from yeah, everything from Stephen King connects to this series. And it was just basically that's just how he wrote. You know, everything went back to this series that he was writing. So I'm beyond hype for it, y'all. You know, definitely check the trailer out on fanbros.com. And yo, I mean, I, I yeah, I'm I'm speechless, man. We need to take a break right here. More <laughs> <laughs> right. fanbros. You need, you need to go smoke a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's, it's like that. All Cold right. shower, baby. We'll oh. be right back. <laughs> this week's episode of Fanmo Show is also brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items, all for less than 20 bucks a month. Every month there's a different theme, there's new exclusive items, and you can't get them anywhere else. Remember, Loot Crate has all sorts of options. There's stuff like loot gaming, loot anime, loot wear, loot pets. They have everything. Last month's theme was investigate and I love the little Jessica Jones figure. It was so cute and so fitting. May's theme is guardians. So Loot Crate is celebrating the brave heroes that take on all challengers and everyone that protects the galaxy. So definitely look forward to awesome items from places like Star Wars, Destiny, The Goonies, Obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is lit. And also, one lucky subscriber can also enter to win a Mega Crate, which is going to feature a 22 and a half inch tall Groot. That's sick. You've got until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, tough, you missed out. Make sure to head to lootcrate.com fanbros and enter the code fanbros to save $3 on any new subscription. That's lootcrate.com slash fanbros and use the code fanbros to save $3 on any new subscription today. And welcome back, fan bros. I know you've been enjoying this episode. Big shout outs to everyone who subscribes on SoundCloud, on iTunes, you know, all that good stuff. Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you can find the fan bros show, you should be on there. Because if you were subscribed, then you would have heard April Rain on the show last week, sitting in, you know, chilling with us on the spaceship. Yep. You know, we had to hold a little bit back for y'all, you know, just going to give you all the goods at once. So, you know, tonight, what do we have for him, Tatiana? We have the exclusive interview with mm. April Rain, also wow. known as Rain of April on Twitter. The creator mm-hmm. of Oscar So White, Rainy Day Jobs. 
And she is also the creator of Broadway, Black Managing Editor of New Tribe Magazine and Editor-at-Large. And she is one of the queens of Black Twitter. April Rain is in the house. That's right. The creator of the Oscar So White movement appearing this month on the Woke 100 list. Oh, Doing all kind of big things in and outside of the industry. And she is gracing the spaceship for the second time tonight. How are you doing? I am very well. Thank you for having me back. You are so welcome. Welcome. Thank you for joining us once again on the spaceship here on Fan Bro Show. And, you know, it's, it's been like, I don't know, how long has it been since the last time you were here? It's been a while. Yeah. A, a lot's happened since then. Yeah, a lot has <laughs> happened Involving since Involving you, then. Chico Leo. <laughs> and, and the Oscars. Yes, and, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of different things. So, you know, how does it feel to have been inducted into the Fan Bros show Circle of Trust? Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you know, <laughs> I really, I've gotten a lot of accolades, been a lot of places, done a lot of things. But this right here, that I, I mean, upper echelon. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is why you got the accolades, because clearly when you get on Fanbro's show, you get put on. Exactly. I mean, you don't even know where it is on my <laughs> resume right now. It, right? It's my name, my address, Fanbro show. One, two, three. <laughs> There you go, as it should be on everyone's resume. But no, once again, like we said, thank you for joining us. It is really an honor to have you here. I mean, like yeah. we said, hey, you know, since the last time you've been on here, just so much has been going on with you. Like, it's a lot to keep up. I mean, just here, there, everywhere, magazine covers, movie premieres, just Twitter battles. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put Fambros on my resume. There you go. Yeah. We don't have to talk about the Twitter battle. No, nah, not too much about them. You know, everyone has those things. You know, we don't have to talk about the details of Twitter battles. But we oh. have to talk about the Twitter battles in the sense of how you run a very powerful account. Now, powerful is relative, right? Powerful. Absolutely. Um, in terms of the movement, but also in terms of everything that you talk about. I talk to you on Twitter all the time. I, I read your timeline. You say the, the dopest stuff. You also um, signal boost a lot of different things. Now, one of the things that I wanted people to understand is when it comes to your account and when it comes to what you deem is important, how do you make those decisions about what goes to account? Or is it, is it just an active decision-making process or just something like, I like to talk about this and this is why I want to feature it on my site or on, on your Twitter account? Everything that I do, I mean, starting even before Oscar So White, but including Oscar So White, the mm -hmm. hashtag itself is very organic. You know, Twitter is my community. It's where I go to vent. It's where I go to talk. Those are, you know, friends, lifelong friends that I have made based on Twitter. And so I just get on there and talk, you know. And, and often, you know, I'm looking at the trending topics. It's like, oh, why is Bill Cosby in the news? Oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> Let's have that discussion. You know, and so sometimes I'll just retweet something about a particular topic but won't get into it for various reasons. Um, and then there are other times when I say, you know what, this is really an important topic and I look to other people who are tweeting too you know and, and what's going on in black Twitter and so if I can add my two cents and I think um, you know that it's um, that what I have to say is is worthy of being included in the conversation then I do that and other times it's like okay you know so and so has this down let me just amplify her or him and then I don't need to say the exact same thing. Mm. Do you think 
because of now, like you already to me, when I started following you, you already had a lot of followers. You had already had a lot of a lot of that online currency, a lot of the online influence. But now more so because of Oscar So White and other initiatives that people have seen you on the mainstream areas. Now, are you do you feel like you have to be more cautious or do you feel like, you know, now that I have the platform, I'm going to throw whatever it is, like whatever I need to say, I'm putting it out there. Right. It, it's really a balance. You know, every now and again, I look at who's following me, you know, and, it, and it's a crazy bunch of people. So lots of journalists and lots of very high profile people. Um, but just, you know, as Biggie Smalls said, you know, more followers, more problems. <laughs> uh, you know, so <laughs> I try to be very mindful of what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. But I think that one of the reasons um, people follow me is because, I hope, is because of my authenticity. So I don't want to change that now that I've got, you know, an obscene number of followers. I'm still the same chick that I was five years ago um, when I had just a few followers. Um, but I do now feel a responsibility with the platform that I have to amplify important topics, to talk about certain things, and um, to educate, to inform, to enlighten, and sometimes just to drag people for filth because they deserve it. <laughs> Every, you it. know, you got to drag some people sometimes. Every now and again. No, and that's something I really admire about your Twitter feed is like, I was talking with Joe Illage about this earlier today, and we were talking about in podcasting, but this applies to Twitter too, is that the themes to success are being authentic and being consistent and being transparent. And you're definitely all three of those. You're consistent, you're authentic, and you're transparent with everything. And I really admire the fact that you'll put things out into the universe that you want in your life. And then when they come back to you, you know, you celebrate these things that come back to you. And it's a joyous thing. And it's like, I love that because I love people who do that. But what inspired that mindset with you? You know, I don't know. It, it just happens. I mean, all of the wonderful things that have happened to me in the last two years are specifically because of Twitter. You know, mm. they could not have happened on any other platform just because of the way it works. You know, Facebook, you'd be a month behind. You know, Instagram. <laughs> Shay. Oh. Shay. Yeah, in, you know, Instagram <laughs> is is very visual, you know, so and I, you know, and I, I love GIFs, but or GIFs, depending on how you pronounce it, I say GIFs. Um, you know, but that's not my whole shtick. Um, so it had to have happened on Twitter. Um, and I don't know when I first started doing that, putting things out into the universe, mm. um, but it started happening. You know, uh, something that happened a couple of uh, years ago now, um, Tribe Called Quest was having this party, I think up in Brooklyn, and I was going to be up there, I think, for the weekend, and Tribe is my all-time favorite hip-hop group of all time. Mm -hmm. um, so I just said dang, I really would like to go to this concert. Didn't have a ticket, wasn't exactly sure where it was, but whatever. Black Thought of The Roots um, retweeted me and said something like, yo, let's help this girl out, get her a ticket. And he and I had sort of conversed, but we hadn't met at that time. You know, I didn't really consider us to be, you know, close friends or anything like that. And it turns out that one of his followers said, hey, I'm not going take my ticket like mm. like wow. yeah I'm not even selling my ticket just take my ticket here and it wasn't until I got to the door and they scanned it and I got in that I really believed that this was happening um and so that was just an example but there's something about um 
positive thought and putting things out there into the universe that you want. Mm. And especially because now so many brands are um, being mindful and thoughtful of the interactions that they're having on social media. There is no downside to saying, I would love to do X. You know, the other day, Inclusive, which is um, um, an alternative to Airbnb for people of color because yes. there were issues about um, discrimination with Airbnb. Um, Inclusive has begun ramping up and they're ha they have a trip to Cuba. And I, I mean, they just, I follow them. So they just came down my timeline and said, hey, you know, retweet for a giveaway to Cuba. And all I said was, I would love to do that. I've been talking about Twitter, uh, about going to Cuba for about a year. And they were like, come on, on us. So wow. I'm going to Cuba Look at God. for Memorial Day weekend. Look at God. Based on one tweet. Wow. And see, that's the thing. That's what I tell people because a lot of people will be like, well, you know, you're April. You got all this. You already have all this. But I'm like, you have to start somewhere. Exactly. And like you started from, you know. Zero like everybody else, you know. And and um, I am very humbled by the number of followers that I have now. But but things happen um, again, because you're consistent, because you're authentic, because you're transparent, because people like who you are. Um, and so if you're projecting that, you don't have to have a bazillion followers. Um, you know, you just have to have, I hope, you know, a good personality and be able to bring something to the brand itself. So, you know, I mean, we're getting into a conversation about brand marketing or what have you. But, you know, if you say to a brand, I don't have that many followers on Twitter, but I have a whole bunch on Instagram or whatever the case may be, or let me show you what I can do for you. Um, there's something about that. And you can start to develop a long lasting relationship, hopefully, that'll be mutually beneficial. I love, I, I like to stay in the positive side. I also want to share with people how you personally balance or even cancel out people who say interesting quote unquote things mm -hmm. like how they feel about or they say it in a derogatory but hashtag activism yeah that's my favorite phrase <laughs> for all the wrong reasons <laughs> but I saw not just Oscar White but so many other different platforms I've seen a tangible tangible level of change with everything that like literally started on Twitter with yep. a hashtag yeah. how do you feel or or what way would you try to and I don't know if you even care to change their mind but how would you try to communicate to people who say oh that's just hashtag activism you know those people who say you know it's just twitter it's not real life or hashtag activism isn't a real thing I can just point to the success of so many hashtags I mean look at um muslim ban you know, that shut down airports. That got Donald Trump's attention to the extent that he rolled back what his initial thoughts were about deporting, you know, legal and people who undocumented um, immigrants into this country. That's a change. Mm -hmm. You know, Oscar So White is another example. And I mean, I've talked to people in Hollywood who say, it's because of Oscar So White that we did X, Y, Z, you know, very, very clearly to me, um, you know, and there are so many. Say Her Name is another really important one because it amplifies the names of women who, um, especially women of color and black women who have been brutalized, who have been murdered um, at the hands of state sanctioned violence and, and domestic violence. So 
clearly um and uh, i smash fizzle who is yes. ashley yes. um you know started ashley ford, yeah. yes ashley ford who started um just from one tweet she said you know it'd be a great idea um, go into your local school and pay off the debt of some child who is in arrears for their school lunches. Mm. And that can change, you know, because there there have been reports that kids can't eat lunch because, you know, they are in 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 the negative in the red and that's for some see and for some kids um for some impoverished kids that's the only guaranteed meal that they get in the day because they don't know that they're going to get breakfast they don't know they're going to get dinner um because of whatever's going on with them at home but they can go to school and get what is typically a crappy lunch but at least it's something um so there are way too many examples of how Twitter has come through for people. Have people have have gained jobs? People have lost jobs. Um, you know, but but there's a reason yeah. why. There's a reason why every single TV show now has a hashtag. Yeah. You know, because because brands understand movies have hashtags. You know, so they use hashtags on other social media platforms. Where did that start? That started on Twitter because people understand the importance of placing that little symbol in front of something. Mm. Um, and, and so, you know, hashtag activism gets things done just as any anything else does. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter. How can you say that that is not, you know, an, a forceful um, and positive and uplifting hashtag? Because, um, you know, back in the 60s during the civil rights struggle, um, you had to wait until Sunday church, you know, to get that flyer to find out where people were going to meet and organize and mobilize. Now you can put something out on social media and you can have hundreds or thousands of people show up within a couple of hours to wherever you need to be throughout the country and throughout the world. Mm. It works for both sides, though. I mean, Don Donald Trump used Twitter to uh, to get elected and his, his oh, followers Jesus. are using it now to... Oh, you know, to 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 troll and gang up, and uh, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't downplaying. No, no, I'm just no, saying they do. They do. There's, I mean, there, there's, there's, no there's a dark downside. side, a downside to 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 all of it. Um, Absolutely, and and there's there's something to be said for having that conversation with people who have views that are diametrically opposed to your own. You know, and so that's why people always say, you know, you've got all these followers. Why do you engage with trolls? You know, what are you doing? They're idiots. You're not going to change their minds. There, there are several reasons. One, I might be bored. And so that might be my entertainment for Thank the you. afternoon or the evening. You. you know, so let me just be real. Sometimes <laughs> let me have my fun. Right. That know, is good for that. <laughs> sometimes I just feel like snatching a wig and there's always somebody in my mentions ready to go. Number two, it it, it may be I at this point I can usually tell if that person is far left because there are some issues on that side too. Yep. Yes. Far right or on the fence and perhaps can be swayed. And so I can have that conversation and maybe maybe not persuade them to change anything, but just to listen to another viewpoint that they may not have gotten otherwise because their personal circle is too small. And the third reason, and which is typically um, the one that I rely on the most, is because I'm attempting to educate, inform, enlighten my followers who follow me. Um, so, you know, look at look at this fool right here. Like, you know, and that's part of it. Look and see what the other side on whatever issue we're talking about, what the other side really believes. 
How scary is this? Maybe this is why we of my crew need to get out and vote or need to get out and mobilize because this is what's going to be, you know, continue to be, um, you know, in the country if we don't do something. That's the same reason why I do it. Like when I'm arguing with somebody and there's some random person who thinks comic books should be this way, you know, and I'm like, I retweet them and be like, and they're like, oh, you're retweeting so people gang up on me. I'm like, no, I'm retweeting so people will see that this is, is how people there? think. Like, exactly I want right. people to see your ignorance. That's right. That's right. And and <laughs> when it. when you step into my mentions, you're in my house now. There it is. So if you if you don't want to have your thing retweeted, if you don't really want a conversation, you just want a one off. Then what you need to do is screenshot my tweet and stay on your little side in your timeline and discuss, you know, and and call me everything but a child of God or whatever you're gonna do. I'm not gonna see that. You step in my mentions, you're mine now. April's telling you it's a trap. It's a trap. Admiral Akbar at your service. If the arms are too short, don't box for God. There it is. Don't come for me if I didn't send for you. It's a trap. I, 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 I'm honestly like I come to your timeline to get educated, but I am not gonna lie. I also when somebody talking foolish, I, foolishness. I sit right up in that comments and just wait. Like, <laughs> here comes the yes. fire. Popcorn.gif. Here, yes. come the, here come the fire flames. All right. Now, like we were saying, like you've gone, you know, from, like you said, from basically nowhere to at least somewhere now. You have to say, you know, you are definitely somewhere now. And how does it feel? Like, how has this journey been for you? Like, on a personal level, even. It, it's incredibly humbling and um I, i'm very blessed to be busy enough that i don't sit back and think about it a lot because i think it might be overwhelming to realize everything that's happened to me in the last couple of years um and so every it, it's only been within the last few months maybe six months that i have really understood what my role is and what my purpose is, I think. What would you say that is? Yeah, Part of it is being a provocateur, I think. Um, another part of it is being a facilitator because now I'm in a space where I know a whole bunch of people. So I can say, hey, you need to get into a room with this other person and then y'all see if you can make some magic together. And so I am very privileged to be able to say, you know, you need to know my girl at the Blacksonian and, you know, you need to, you know, you, your review for your movie didn't go well. Let me put you on with a reporter um, who may have a different viewpoint, mm. you know. Um, so I'm I'm very privileged to be able to do that. And I'm, I'm happy to take on that responsibility. Um, but it's been really crazy. You know, I had to do a thing um, where I had to list like the places that I had spoken and the list kept going, you know, and, and to do that, I actually had to look at my Instagram because I typically post a picture of, you know, the program or the brochure or whatever. And it's like, well, damn, you, you, wait a minute, you, and then you, oh, um, and, and it's all, you know, again, I was at Twitter, which I call the mothership. I was there earlier today. Um, and I, I sing their praises. Um, and it's, it's really been amazing. Like I, I went to the, um, annual National Society of Black Engineers NSBE conference mm -hmm. not too long ago, mm -hmm. uh, and I was on the stage with Jack, the CEO of Twitter, and That's some insane. other very um, influential Black female um, 
Twitterers, I guess, tweeters. Um, and, and that was surreal. You know, how, how often do you meet the CEO of a company, of a, you know, a, a million dollar or a billion dollar company, and y'all are just hanging out, you that, know, shooting the breeze? That in no small part maybe owes some of them billions to people like you. Well, you know, and we had those conversations, you know, and, and I will say that Jack was open to discussing, you know, it's like, bro, you need to understand that if black Twitter left, there would it's be, over. yeah, there would be, what else would there be? Because in even increasingly now people are, what is black Twitter? How do I, how do we get in there? Is there a membership fee? You know, and, and how, you know, how do we capitalize? And so the important part, the discussions I'm having now are about content, black content creators. How do we protect what we have created, whether it's a hashtag or a meme or what have you, because we're seeing all too often people like Peaches Monroe, you know, girls, you know, eyebrows on fleek, um, you know, ended up with absolutely nothing. There's literally a restaurant here in New York called sports on fleek or something like wow. that. Wow. Right. Is, is her GoFundMe over? Because I, I donated to her GoFundMe. She had like a month or so ago. I don't know if it's over. It's unfortunate that she had to do it at all um, yeah. because she... I, I, she should have been able to monetize what she did. Bath and Body Works has an on fleek product of some kind. That is and so you know, disturbing. She, right, and she's not seeing any of that money. Meanwhile, Chewbacca lady, you know, with the Chewbacca mask who sat in the car and laughed. Now, listen, Right, now, <laughs> listen, I retweeted that and I laughed along with her and it was great. But at the end of the day, she had college scholarships for her kids. She got gift certificates from Kohl's. I believe she got money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, she may or may not have been on Ellen, I think. And yeah. So and so one has to ask what the difference is. You know, there w- there was no um deeper penetration into the zeitgeist between on fleet girl and Chewbacca lady. So what is the difference? Is it that we don't know which questions to ask, how to protect potential intellectual property? You know, is it because agents aren't calling black folks, but mm. they'll call white folks? Um, so we need to figure out what that is. So I'm having those conversations now, how to protect intellectual property. Can you copyright or trademark, trademark a hashtag? What does that mean? How do we... Uh, prove that someone was the very first person to use the hashtag Um, and then what do we do to allow us to monetize so for example Oscar So White is talked about still a lot and um, you know I'm very blessed for that Um, but when a a journal a publication does an article about Oscar So White and people click on it they're getting ad revenue from the fact that you know this is an article about something I created I'm not seeing any of that money so we need to figure out how to change that so that when something that you've created is um, creating revenue for someone else, that you can also get a piece of that. Not just for me, but for anybody who has something significant that's been created. So th- there's definitely been, and I don't know if, if it's directly as a result of of, of the Oscars uh, So White campaign, but a, 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 rena- a black renaissance in entertainment. I mean, you've got Atlanta, you've got Insecure, you've got, you know, Get Out, you've got Moonlight. I mean, there's, there's definitely something that's happened. Meanwhile, I just saw uh, something about that there are less Latinos on primetime than, like, ever. And there's just been about seven or eight high-profile examples of whitewashing of Asian characters going way back even before Iron Fist. 
like a what needs to happen and b do you think do you think that that there is actually something that maybe because you know white culture is stealing so much from black culture that actually they're letting a little bit in whereas they're not even paying attention to <laughs> latin and and asian but but there's there's definitely a problem there and and i've tried to be very consistent in saying Oscar So White is about all marginalized communities. So not so I know you're not saying yeah, me, yeah. Um, but I I think part of it is that right now black folks are making the most noise, and and so um, quickly now the Asian American community is coming on, and there you know there are a couple of hashtags only one percent um, and whitewashed out. Um, talking about the lack of representation of Asian American and Pacific Islanders in entertainment generally. Um, so there have been people who said, oh, okay, well, we've had some black stuff win in 2017, so clearly Oscar So White is over. And it's like, no, you know, I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about all races. I'm talking about all genders, all sexualities, um, the disabled, um, First Nation status, everyone who has been traditionally underrepresented in entertainment. Um, so a, a better job needs to be happening for um, especially Asian American um, filmmakers and for the Latinx community, um, because as dismal as the numbers are for the black community, they're even worse mm -hmm. for other races. Um, the same things need to happen. You know, the same voices need to, you know, I, I am waiting now. I am still a party of one. Um, there is to date, you know, whatever today is, there has yet to be any um, formalized organization reach out to me and say, hey, you're doing a pretty good job. You know, voices are louder when they yell together. Let's work with you. You know, here's my organization of whatever marginalized community. Let's work together and see if we can get this done. Wait, so, what? Wait, so no one has officially, no no group has officially or individual otherwise officially reach out to you and say, hey, let's work together. Correct. What? All right, fam. We need to make this change right now. Wow. I mean, I'm not asking. It's been, no, like, we're not asking. This is this no, no, is no, no, things no. need to be that need to be done. <laughs> right. This is this, this ain't asking. Ask. This is a demand <laughs> at this point. This is like some things you got to tell the universe. Yo, what up? Like this needs to happen. So and, and so and and so I would love to have the mm -hmm. help and the support because again, I think that. Uh, you know, me standing on my soapbox for a couple of years on social media has, um, you know, s propelled some conversations that have led to change. OK, mm -hmm. um, so the more people that speak out and why is it that we don't have um, more folks in Hollywood speaking out on these issues? And I'll answer the question. Part of it is for for the marginalized. You don't I don't even need y'all like I could just <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just listening yeah, at this we, point. I'm just here to learn. <laughs> I mean, part of it is the the marginalized communities um, are concerned about backlash and rightfully so. If you can, you know, if um Ernie Hudson, right, mm -hmm. who was the black man in Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. said, you know, I had to take crappy roles to feed my family, you know, and so there's a concern there. It's not like, you know, you get one role and then you get the next role. I mean, look at Halle Berry. She's an Oscar winner. When's the last time she's been in a, you know, a lead movie? There's a problem there. But more inclusion in the entertainment industry benefits everyone. And, that, and that's fact. Like the, there's have been studies that have been shown that when you've got more different looking people, different acting, different sounding people, the actual work that is produced is more interesting to consumers. So why aren't white folks 
talking about increasing because it's not like y'all are going to lose any jobs, right? There's an endless supply. So why are they speaking out, especially those who have the privilege, you know, the the so-called allies, and I hate to use that word, but but stand in the gap for those who want to do more but are afraid of losing their jobs or getting blacklisted or what have you, um, you know, and speak out on these issues on behalf of your colleagues. You know, you're you're buddy-buddy with your Asian-American friend, but then when it's time to cast a film, you are supporting ScarJo. Hello, ghost in the show. I, I've talked to a lot of people, and it's it's often that there's the one Asian-American in the room or the one black man or the one black woman in the room, and so something will come up, and 20 white faces turn around and look at them and they're put on the spot. Right. And so there isn't even like, you know, if you're lucky, there's one black, you know, man and one Asian woman in the room. In the room. Right. You know what I mean? But there are rarely two, you know, of, and so it's, it's 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 really what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Absolutely, you know? I mean, and and it, and it starts at the screenwriter level, right? Um, you know, and and I've said, you know, I, the hashtag is Oscar so white, but the Oscars are the end of the line. You know, the Academy can only nominate and award statues for films that are created, right? So we so the onus really needs to be on Hollywood to make the change. And if you think about it. Everybody operates from their own frame of reference. That's that's not a racist thing. That's just, you know, this is this is my sphere. This is what I know. This is what I'm going to write about. So if you talk about a screenwriter who says that the protagonist in their film is going to be a 25 to 35 year old leggy blonde white woman. Right. And then by the time that goes from the screenwriter to the potential producer, to the director, to the to the studio head and gets greenlit. The only person in their mind is, you know, Emily Blunt or ScarJo or whatever. So that means that even somebody like Meryl Streep couldn't get that role. How crazy is that? Much less, you know, Gina Torres or Halle Berry or, you know, or Ming-Na Wen. Um, And so that that's the issue that we need to make sure that. Um, Hollywood is reaching out to screenwriters and other filmmakers behind the camera from the very beginning, um, those from marginalized communities. You know, another issue is people, you know, best actor, best actress, best picture, best director. Those are the four sexy ones at the Oscars, right? Or at any award show. Yeah. But there's so much more going on. If you think about it, the director says, okay, we're going to shoot this scene. And they shoot the scene 27 times. To get it right. It's the editor that decides which cut, you know, number 13 is the cut that we're going to use. So who is the editor? Because he or she is helping to tell that story. And so it's important that that person um, is also using a broader frame of reference that they might not otherwise. And so that's why it's important. You know, the fact that we're still talking in 2017, the first black woman producer um, nominated this year, the first mm-hmm. African American, um, you know, cinematographer and editor. All of those things are first, and those are just the black folks. We, again, you know, why have we never seen an LGBTQ rom com? You know, why have we never? You know, we have Professor Xavier, who's fantastic in the X Men franchise, but why is he? an able-bodied man playing that role as opposed to having a disabled person playing just a regular person or a disabled person playing a superhero. You know, why is it that we, you know, we, we don't, and the argument that we hear often is that, 
um, marginalized communities cannot open films. And that's a lie. Uh, There's just no other way to say it because we have evidence. Hidden Figures is killing box office numbers still. Um, You know, if you think about Star Wars 2 ago when John Boyega was, you know, in that first one, that that episode of Star Wars had a black male lead, a female lead, and a Latino lead in Oscar Isaac. But nobody's going to call that a multicultural film. Because Star Wars. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, I look to things like Black Panther that's coming out, and I'm counting the days. Um, and I'm so very excited because of the people that are attached to it, and I think the right names are there. My only quibble um and i'm gonna get in trouble for this i know my only quibble with black panther is that there are so many established names now attached to the feature that we know it's going to make a bazillion dollars right people are going to go regardless we know that it may spawn other series you know other whatever offshoots or what have you i would have loved to see more unknowns in significant roles to give those folks a shot because we know it's going to be the tent pole movie. We know it's going to make a lot of money. So maybe give some unknown, some lesser known actors an opportunity not only to make that money, um, you know, and, and royalties and get in the back end and all the rest of that, but also get their faces on screen, you know, in front of billions of people. Well, see, the one thing with that is, though, you know, I agree with you there, is that like Daniel was just in Get Out. But right. before that, he was just as unknown as anyone. Yeah. Same thing with a, Daisy Ridley. No one knew who she really was until she popped off on Star Wars. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the Daniels in Black Panther. Oh, but, yeah, that yeah. too. Just, just but he in was, terms of he was people, an unknown actor yeah, before Get Out. Yeah, in terms of anyone out. who's unknown. Yes, yes. but uh, I'm talking about the A-list names, and I'm not going to say any names. But oh, well, you we know. all know who they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but it's, like, you know, but it's like, like a who's who of black Hollywood. And, you know, again, I don't... I don't everybody should get a job, you know, whenever they can. And and jobs are scarce all around. I get it. I'm just saying, you know, maybe there was an opportunity for some other folks to get in there. And there's definitely some people who are sitting around calling their agents right now real upset. Like, really, like, oh, man. This is the cookout movie. Yeah, there's there's (laughs) people on that red carpet who are there like, yeah, well, it was all right. You know, (laughs) It it wasn't that good. But, you know, on Hollywood, is there anything that you've learned, you know, since you've been on this journey that you didn't know about it before? I, I think just some things have been confirmed. You know, it's it's a very small community um, and it is incredibly resistant to change as all things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they don't like... Uh, you know, they like the status quo. They don't like people shaking things up. And so I think that's all the more reason to sort of agitate um, to try and make some change. Yeah. And then I had another one about you were talking earlier about how, you know, no one has reached out to you or no formal organization. But lately there's been a thing, especially I've been seeing it on Twitter, where people are saying that black women are doing all the heavy lifting for everyone else. Do you feel that that's the case? Yeah, I think that's always been the case. You had to deal with that early on in the the, the beginning cycles of Oscars So White, where there were some people in certain communities that actually pushed back on you. And, and again, I've 
had literally two days ago had a conversation. Hell, recently even. Two days ago I had a conversation about this again to someone about when someone says something such as using the hashtag uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, where in that is the invisible ink that says nothing else matters. Right. Same with Oscar So White. Where in that is the invisible message that, but not you. Right. What, yeah. So then they turn the burden back on you. And more often than not, because it's a black woman that starts these movements, then they look at you like, well, what are you going to do for us? And it's like, whoa, now. Literally, that was the tweet. Yeah. yeah. When are you going to start standing up for us? And it's like, well, I thought I was. You know, for, first of all, I don't know that, it, and I still grapple with this. It's, it's a little late now, but I still grapple with it a little bit about whether it's even my place to speak for a community of which I'm not a part, mm. you know? So as a straight, cis, able-bodied black woman, is it my space to speak on behalf of the disabled community, to speak on behalf of the Latina, Latinx community, you know, or should I step back and, and amplify their voices? I'm happy to do that, except there weren't any voices in that space talking about inclusion and entertainment. So I said, okay, I'm going to make this as broad as possible and include everybody, all traditionally underrepresented communities. And then when they come along, I will step back in that particular area and then just, you know, advocate for for my specific community. And so now, you know, with the hashtags I mentioned, whitewashed out and only one percent as the Asian-American community has gotten on board, um, I am happy to push for them, um, you know, and amplify and, and let them speak about their specific struggle within the entertainment industry. But it was, in fact, the Asian-American Pacific Islander community who came at me Oscars night 2016 um, because of, um, you know, some of the things that Chris Rock did and some of the skits that were inappropriate and, you know, the stereotyping and that kind of thing. And at that point, in the campaign or the movement or whatever you want to call it, people were um, using Oscar So White and the actual Oscars interchangeably. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's like I haven't ever spoken to or met Chris Rock, but you're mad at me because of something he said, like you thought I wrote his script or something. <laughs> um, so so that was a problem because at that point it had been a year of me doing this on my own. And I've got people saying, well, when are you going to fight for me? And it's like, well, I thought I was. But if I'm not doing it the way that you want to step on up. And, and let me amplify your voice. If I'm not doing it the right way or the way you want it to be done, there's ample space for everybody to get in on this. Um, so what I will say, I, I want to be very clear that the groundswell of support that I've gotten from people around the world, just regular people like me, has been overwhelming and so incredibly humbling. I mean, literally, you know, I've done interviews with folks in New Zealand and Brazil and Germany um, and, you know, and people who are concerned about issues of inclusion and entertainment, not only where they live, but also in the United States, because obviously, you know, our films travel internationally. Um, and that has been um, one of the really encouraging things for me, that just regular old people have been so incredibly supportive. And so when I don't hear from Hollywood or a particular organization, it's fine because I've got, you know, a bazillion people behind me sort of pushing me forward. And that's been fantastic. And uh, I applaud you for it. And I think that, you know, I, I understand where people are coming from when they say that black women do a lot of heavy lifting. But I don't understand where people are coming from when they're saying that, well, you, you know, or even I, 
Like, I think you should speak for everyone. Like, because you're speaking for humanity. And you're speaking for a thing that, like, you know, makes where, you know, everyone should get a fair share. And so it's not saying something like, oh, I'm just speaking for black women or black people or whatever. Or because you're an able-bodied person, you can't speak for disabled. Because you want everyone to be regarded equally. So I just think that, you know, you should definitely continue and thank you for everything you've done. Well, you're welcome. I, I think that... Uh, you know, in the civil rights movement, I mean, back in the 60s, I mean, you know, you can go back to Harriet Tubman. I mean, it's it's always been sort of the black woman, women at the front lines, you know, and, and part of it, at least for me, is, well, damn, you know, F it, I'll do it myself. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm gonna wait and see if you're gonna come with it, but you ain't and this needs to get done. So I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. Um, and, you know, I think that that's sort of the mindset of a lot of us. But, um it, it's rough, you know, being a hype and at this point, a hyper visible black woman um, is, is a problem. You know, I had somebody today who threatened to bomb my children on Twitter. Oh, I saw that. Now, on the, on the ride here, I said, okay. And that, I mean, you know, and that sort of takes you aback. And, and I am. Uh, I am not anywhere close to the front lines. You know, there are folks in the Black Lives Matter movement who have had to get security, who can't tweet where they are until they're leaving, you know, that kind of thing. And and that's not my world. And, and I give them all praise, um, you know, for standing up for us and literally putting their lives on the line. Um, you know, and, and very often those are black women and so people think, oh, well, it's a woman. I can be sexist or misogynistic or I can threaten her or whatever. And that's a problem. So we need to make sure that we are supporting, um, you know, folks who are at the forefront of whatever mo movement or issue it is and supporting in the way that they need. You know, so if it's on social media and somebody's doing something foul, they, you know, you need to step in there and say something and get on that person. You know, if it's, sending people money, you know, that hire black women, that's a hashtag, you know, or, or whatever, you know, or putting five or $10 into their cash me, that makes a huge difference too. Or just asking them if they're okay. Um, you know, because you recognize the humanity of this person who's now the face of whatever, um, can go a long way as well. At the end of the day, you are in a space where you've received a lot of love, but also it's still a very volatile space. So what do you personally do to practice self-care? Not enough is probably the right answer. Um, it's, it's hard because Twitter really is my community. So even when I'm pissed off or feeling low or whatever, I'm going to get on Twitter and share that, which is ironic because you would think I would take a space, you know, take a step back. I've tried to do like a... A Twitter break for a while, and I last maybe 36 hours, and that means that I'm not tweeting. It doesn't mean that I'm not on there <laughs> scrolling, which is really sad. It just means that I'm really trying not to. But you know, but I, I haven't watched the local news in years, years, um, and I typically don't watch CNN, MSNBC, Fox, or any of the other ones either, because the information I get from Twitter is faster and more accurate. Um, and, and so, you know, so I will say, you know, I, I will use that as a really faulty excuse. Oh, well, I've got to be on Twitter because I need to know what's going on in the world. Well, that's a lie <laughs> because there, there are other outlets, um, you know, and, and I'll be the first to say, hello, my name is April 
and I'm addicted to Twitter. Uh, you know, so but I'm a functional addict for the for the most part. So, so you don't believe in stepping back necessarily, but for for me, for me, it doesn't work. But you know, I I do have a home life, you know, which I don't like to discuss, you know, for privacy and safety yeah. issues, whatever. But um, you know, so self care for me might mean a cupcake. It might mean a pair of shoes. It might mean going out on to my deck and gardening. You know, because I do this container garden thing, which I haven't had a chance to do this year. Um, you know, it, it might mean um, FaceTiming my kid in the middle of the day because I'm, you know, halfway across the country or something like that. But I, what I will say is I need to get better at it. And I would, um, even though I'm not a good practicer of it, I would highly recommend that everybody do something regularly and consistently to practice self-care. It doesn't necessarily have to require any money. You know, as I say, if you can go out onto your stoop or, or onto your balcony or what have you and just sit out there and let your body decompress, that's an amazing thing. If it's calling your bestie, if it's having brunch once a month, whatever it is, ensure that you are practicing self-care regularly, please, because I will be the first person to tell you that, you know, if you're a woman, if you're a man, if you are other, you are not superwoman. You know, you, you're well will run empty. It will run dry if you do not replenish it. And I think all too often, especially black women, but everyone, you know, allows their, their water level to get so low that, you know, then they have physical issues or emotional issues because they haven't replenished. And so it's really, really important to ensure that you're taking care of yourself so that you can help take care of your family, help take care of your community and so on. Um, and so practice whatever self-care means to you on a regular basis. And I will do better, too. Mm. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. You survived the interview segment. And now it's oh. time for the brap segment. Okay. Oh the rapid fire questions. I hope you don't remember any of this. Have you not <laughs> realized that I don't do anything rapid fire? But good luck to you. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. This, never, this part is never fast. <laughs> anyway, so. We can try. The questions are rapid fire. Okay. The, the answers, answers are I will not. try to keep them Yeah. The answers usually are not anyway. Okay. So, all right. Number one, the Falcon or War Machine. Anthony plays the Falcon, right? Uh oh. So <laughs> Anthony I'm a, Mackie does play yeah. Falcon. So War Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Next. I'm instigating. <laughs> Next question. Nothing else needs to be said. <laughs> Wakanda or Zamunda? Oh. Oh. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, think, about jumped at it. think about that. Um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to live, to um, we're the finest men. We're, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with Wakanda. Yeah. All right. All right. Magneto or Professor X? <sighs> Professor X. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Final, final answer. Ding, ding. Final answer. Uh, Luke Cage or Black Panther? Black Panther. The Wire or Breaking Bad? The Wire. Yeah, we got to get rid of that question. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You think everyone, well, people have said Break, But it's rare. Yeah, it's rare. It's rare. Yeah. We'll update that. Yeah. Who's your favorite nerd slash geek bay? Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Jurassic Park, Mark. he coming back. <laughs> That's right. Oh! With his black daughter, he better. He better, right? All right. Storm or Misty Night? Man, Hallie kind of. Misty Night. 
<laughs> Y'all gotta edit that out before I get in trouble. <laughs> Judge Dredd or Judge Judy? Judge Dredd. Dave Chappelle's Prince skit or the Rick James skit? Oh, uh, you gotta go game blouses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Lex Luthor or Doctor Doom? Doctor Doom. Y'all don't understand that. April Rain knows her geek shit. Yeah. Just I FYI. Star Wars <laughs> or Star Trek? Oh, wars. All day. Yes. All day. What's your favorite? Or do you <laughs> Shut up, Ben. What's your favorite or do you have a favorite Wesley Snipes film? Oh, I am my brother's keeper. Yeah, I I think you yeah you have you have to go there because I mean the haircuts alone. Mm. Now yeah no I but but he's there's so many. I mean you could go with Blade, um but yeah yeah I I have to go, yeah. Okay. Nino Brown. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. He was bad. Legendary. Okay, in any medium, comic books, film, TV, novels. Songs. It's already even. too broad, my lord. Okay. <laughs> what character's death hurts you the most? Oh man, I gotta pick one. Um, or whatever you, comes to yeah, mind. You can give right a few. Now. You know, um, the movie. Uh, no, no. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go a little out there a little bit. Um, Steel Magnolias with Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, when she died, you know, and her her baby was sitting there on the floor crying, waiting for the daddy to come home. Um, um, Terms of Endearment, this, mm. which is aging me, but you know that give my daughter the shot moment, even though she wasn't dead just yet. Um, man, uh, you know what though, Cotton Mouth. Uh, but but let me tell you why mm-hmm. it, it wasn't exactly it wasn't the fact that he d- well okay the reason is because Mahershala Ali yeah girl they give me a minute <laughs> did uh, you see him in that GQ spread okay yes I saw him in the in, in the, the yellow spread I saw oh, him in all the spreads all my the- goodness Mahershala <laughs> right, it needs to be a, a cologne, right? And then, we've oh said yes. that before. <laughs> Mahershala by we've Calvin Klein, that. something. Okay, but the fact he he takes up so much space yeah. and and makes the character his own that when he is not on th- on the screen, you miss him. There is a void. You know, and so for me with Luke Cage, that was the significant break for me. So, you know, I loved his character, but it was just him, his presence. And then from there on for Luke Cage, it wasn't as satisfying for me. And I realized talking to my friend who is a writer and producer on Empire, Eric Haywood, Mm -hmm. um, shout out to him, um, that it was because of his presence that he so totally gets into his role. You know, because I was like, I want to see... Um, House of Lies, but only the episodes with him in it. Because like I tried to do season one and I couldn't get into it. But if you could just sh- tell me which episodes Mahershala is in, I would watch those because I think he's fantastic. So for uh, for recently, his death um, was a significant break for nah, me. I, I feel you a hundred percent on that because we even when we had Cheo on the show. They'd given us all the episodes leading up to his death, but I hadn't seen the latest because I hadn't had time to watch it. And he was like, oh, did you see it? Because there's a big twist in it. 
And I wish I'd seen it before. Because I could have been like, what were you thinking? Y'all effed up. Because I didn't even get to see what came after that. But it was like, there's nothing they can replace what you just had on screen. Right. And so the the next bad guy, the next villain, just what I was like... No matter Trash. what he did, it wouldn't it have wouldn't worked. It wouldn't have mattered. No. Yeah. No. no. If they had reversed the them, if Diamondback had come in the first six issues, yeah. six episodes, oh. and then it had been Cottonmouth at the that end, would it would have been, been, yes. it been yeah. Yeah. Cottonmouth has so much more gravity. Yep. As Every well. day. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the laugh alone, you know, the way that oh. he, they positioned him with Biggie's crown, oh. I, you know, the 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 cinematography the pain, was so... The piano. Oh, like. man. <laughs> well, and that was the best. His origin episode Sitting in the room with just women around you. Yeah. And you're just playing the piano and not worried about any of His them? interaction <laughs> with Alfre Woodard. I mean, all of it was so... <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I mean, and we can extend that to, to Moonlight as well. Because, you know... When he... When he left... I, I mean, it's, I, I can say what I want to now. Yes. It's not like it's a spoiler thing. You know, but the next scene and it's like I spent a good five minutes going where's Juan what mm-hmm. happened to Juan you know yep. and then it's like well did he die or you know was it a shootout is he coming back you know and so I realized that I wasn't focusing on what was going on because I wanted Mahershala back on the screen um, so you know I definitely saw I saw Moonlight several times um, because it was a fantastic film mm-hmm. but um, you know that was an issue and you know and I, I actually was at a Q&A with Barry Jenkins who said you know Chirac was the focus. And so every other character, it didn't matter what happened to them. And that's why they didn't specifically say, oh, you know, he was involved in a drive-by or whatever, or he, you know, got cancer or whatever the issue was. It was like, he's just no longer in Chirac's life. And so Chiron, excuse me, Mm -hmm. he was, yeah, he was no longer in Chiron's life. And so we just moved on because we wanted him to remain the focus. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. Now I gotta watch it again and f- and look at what I missed. Yeah, I mean that that's cool and all, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we still wouldn't want to come back on the screen with this do rag and his laugh and yeah. It, yeah, same it's same thing. Like you know, like you said in Luke Cage, like you. I mean, it was cool the resolution and you know the whole story and what they did with it, but it's like, nah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Okay, so. Um, I would like to be able to selectively read other people's minds. Mm-hmm. And I say selectively because Professor X does that thing and he hears everybody and that would be overwhelming, you know, but if I'm in the middle of a job interview, I need to know how it's going. So nice. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. I would want to be able to just you know, like tap my finger, you know, like I'm stirring the teacup and get out or something like that and say, okay, now you tell me what you think. See, I'm. I, I would love that, but then I would hate it because I know how I think, and I'm always worried that somebody would like, okay, what's Ben thinking right now? And it's that you know when I'm just thinking that something yeah, random, yeah, something that I you know See, that I, I don't, don't say. Well, but 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 I'm a Taurus, so you're gonna get me. You're gonna get my authentic me anyway, mm-hmm. and you are blessed with my thoughts if you choose to read them. I I figure even if I'm saying something that you may not like, you you ask for that. There it is. All right, well, you have survived the brap segment. Oh, that was easy. Oh, don't say oh, that, man. Don't that. say that. You, you, you messed up the mistake, man. <laughs> I, oh, I, I thought y'all were... in the chair scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> Let them be scared. I thought y'all were going to come with something. All right, well, you can have well, you... me back on and get me some new questions. All right, we'll do that. Well, we'll we do will that. definitely do that. We'll see, we'll now, do that. now I've set myself up for failure. <laughs> That's fine. Never. Yeah,
No, never that. Yeah, please let the internet know where they can find you at if they don't know already. Man, in my bad sleep. Y'all go away. <laughs> no, um, so I, you know, I'm too old to remember different names for different places. So I am Rain of April everywhere. Um, most predominantly on Twitter, but also Facebook and Instagram. My website is rainofapril.com and all the rest of that. Can I do a shout out? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Okay. So I want to shout out Sean, who is no totally. Yes, yes. the brother. Yes. Yes. He was, yes. On, the yes. Show, on the show. Few, he was on the yeah. show last month. He's fantastic. So I just yeah. want to say, you know, in the Asian American, because we talked a lot about Asian American Pacific Islander community, he's doing some amazing work in amplifying Voices of Black Women uh, amplifying other marginalized communities. He's definitely part of the you know geek slash nerd community, um, and I think he's great. Um, I am going to be in July. I am going to be at the Essence Fest. Uh-oh. So um, and I'm going to be speaking for the no, first time. Right, right. So I'm trying to lose 20 pounds so that I can gain it, it back all on. back <laughs> for that long weekend. Cafe du Monde. Listen, yeah. okay. Beignets all day. Okay. Hey, exactly. Listen, I do suck the heads. You can take that as you wish. Indeed. So I will be at Essence Fest at the end of June, beginning of July. So if you're and um, the empowerment stages during the day are all free. So if you're in the area, please come by and see us. Um, I am on the cover with 11 other incredibly influential, amazing women of the May um, 2017 cover of Essence, though, yeah. and we have the list of the Woke 100, the yeah. first inaugural issue of that, which is beyond my well. I I can't even say it's beyond my wildest dreams because at some point you don't even dream that big. It, it that was just the thing that that was unbelievable. So I'm I'm very thankful to Essence um, for the both of those opportunities. Um, and then, you know, just, I, I, I tell you where I'm going. If I don't put it on Twitter, it hasn't happened. So just hang out with me there and you'll see where I'll be next. Mm-hmm. Fan bros, I just want to say this. I want to tell everyone out there because, you know, this is a audio show right here and you can't see everything. But every time April talks about her accomplishments or things that are happening to her, the tears of joy just start <laughs> forming in her eyes. And it's so beautiful to see because, like, I yeah. tell y'all all the time, you have to appreciate what's coming to you and you have to be grateful to you know every bit of life you have to be grateful to the good or the bad because you never know when a bad thing is going to lead you somewhere good or when a good thing is going to lead you somewhere bad so you try to be appreciative of everything that comes to you either way and so yes you know it's just a joyous thing to see and since you shouted them out before we go to break i gotta give a big shout out to no totally because like tatiana knows without yeah. him I mean, there's no fan bro show, basically. Okay. Because without him, Is that right? I mean... Yeah. It's a, it's a, he gets it. It's an inside joke. He understands. I mean, you know, without without Sean out there talking about, you know, politics and geek <laughs> culture, who would have ever thought this was possible? He's, he's, he's fantastic. He, he really is. But, but it's all love. We say... We, 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 messing him, we messing with him right now, but it's all love. Always love. It's Big shout-outs to No Totally. Big shout-outs to everyone out there. Thank you for joining us. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more families. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu. And when I'm not bitching about ex machina, the movie, I'm listening to fan bros. This is Ta-Nehisi Coates. And when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm chilling with the fan bros. Hello, this is Lexi Alexander. When I'm not on Twitter or kicking people to the head, I'm listening to fan bro show. 
Should I try it without an accent? It'll never happen. This is Daniel Jose Older when I'm not writing best-selling ass novels. I'm listening to the Fan Bros. Hi guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you are not skiing, roller skating, skateboarding, punching people out, you should be listening to Fan Bros. The best people are. Okay, gotta go. Love you, love you. Bye-bye. Welcome back, fan bros. Thank you to April Rain, you know, aka Rain of April up in here. That was such a brilliant interview. And yo, for real, it's one of my favorites, man. That joint, you know, is kind of tear jerking and, you know, sometimes, man, thud tears and all that. So thank you so much for joining us. Whoo, but, you know, we got some other stuff to get into tonight. One of my favorite segments right about now is The Guac is Extra. And what do we have first up, Tatiana? First up is from the boy Kyle Six. They write, if Gotham City was a real place, what do you think or where do you think has the best representation of it, representation of it, visually, visually or aesthetically across all mediums, movies, TV show, comics, games, etc.? They think that Batman and Robin had the best looking Gotham besides the movie being ass. <laughs> they said that they had these huge gold statues holding them to different structures and it was a p- pretty mix of modern and classic. So mm-hmm. across all of the different mediums, what, which one do you think has maybe the most aesthetically pleasing um, rendition of Gotham City? I'd be compelled to say the video games. I feel like the video game world of Gotham City made wow. the combination of the most attractive and the most gothic. I agree. I agree with Joe. That makes a lot of sense. A lot like 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 Arkham Knight. Yep. No, oh you're right. my god. What? You're absolutely right. Because yeah. I like even though the the cartoon series, like the original series is is like the pinnacle to me, I'm I'm an animation person, is the pinnacle of the representation of Batman in general. As far as like the city, it was just like kind of a nondescript buildings and things like that. Um, yep. I personally hadn't had a lot of history with comics in the past. And then with the movies, it was very hit or miss. And really, if I if the movie was trash, I definitely wasn't paying attention to the scenery. So I would have to say for something that had it all, absolutely the video games. You know, that's a yeah, great because, I mean, yeah, they, they create these hyper real environments anyway. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, the buildings have their own character. Like if you look at the different yeah. books or the animated series or stuff, I mean, basically what you're getting is you're either getting like an art deco aesthetic or in the case of the Christopher Nolan films like Batman is basic, you know, it's basically Chicago or something like that. But when you look at that video game world, you're like, OK, this is twisted, you know, mm-hmm. so to me, mm-hmm. in terms of an environment like that's it. All right, now see, my two favorite were probably first was Tim Burton because you know as a kid that was just mind blowing, you know, and then yeah. later on, oh, that's true. yeah, definitely I got to give a shout out to Tim Burton because it was definitely you know it was an ill ass set, like it looked like some you know freaky ass dark town. <laughs> it and looked like then, some Tim Burton shit. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> And yeah. then later on, when Nolan, like the scene when Bruce is riding the train with his dad. 
and you see Gotham from the train and it's all bright and nice still. That was like, yeah. oh shit. That's when I was like, okay, Nolan is about to do some ill stuff. I didn't really think that later on his Gotham looked that ill, but that one I shot. I think later on he opening, didn't care. I yeah. think he was just doing other stuff that was, yeah, and it was just like, right. you know, he was killing it. So right. it was like, I wasn't worried right. about it then. But yeah, I, I give it to y'all, the video games and definitely, you know, going back to the animation without a doubt, that's still, you know, the high point of everything. So yeah, definitely great choices there. I don't know about Batman and Robin. That movie's ass on every level. Yeah, I mean, Batman and Robin, <laughs> I mean, I, I, do, I do agree that they really tried to push it with the environment but to me that's a reflection of what was wrong with batman robin which is it was all aesthetic and no substance there we go so as always y'all you know make sure you send in your questions to contact at fanbros.com big shout outs to everybody who is always sending in these questions you can also hit us on the twitter at fanbros show on instagram at fanbros show leave a comment hit us with a tweet one or the other whatever you want to do you know we love it Thank you, as always. And now it's time for one of my other favorite segments on this show. Up here on the spaceship, it is time for... Tech Talk with Tatiana. And this week in tech news, um, biggest news really is coming from Hulu this week. Apparently, they are going to be the first live streaming service to be offering live tv they're going to launch live tv they're not the only one but they are going to be the first major to do it hulu's actually owned by uh disney comcast time warner fox and all of those big huge old money uh brands they own pretty much every channel right most of the channels anyway and then when you add that with all the content that hulu has you have a real behemoth that's going to really go hard on places like YouTube TV and the rest of that. So this new live streaming, this new live TV service is gonna cost $40 a month. It's gonna include 50 or more live channels and then all the content that Hulu has has always had. Um, and like I said, there are competitors there, but you know, you, you, when you're thinking things like Netflix and YouTube TV and DirecTV now and HBO Go now and all that, whatever stuff, but like that, this is a big deal. Because mm -hmm. right now, all of these content providers, they're trying to look for ways to, one, pull those cord cutters, the people who have decided they don't want traditional cable contracts and things like that. And two, they are going hard on their competitors. They want Netflix and the rest of them to flop. So it's interesting to see how this is going to open up competition in the greater space. So do you think that eventually Netflix will do the same thing? Possibly, like uh, I, Twitter, for instance, has tried and do this for years, but they want to do live TV as well. Like it's there, you're gonna just see a period in the next couple of years where there's gonna just be an influx of providers that are going to give you live TV offerings. The how good or bad those offerings are remains to be seen, but you are going to see a lot of competition in this space. Wow, that is interesting, and I damn sure don't even watch Hulu, but they're about to get um. What are they getting? Runaways? I think Runaways. Yeah, Runaways is coming to Hulu, right? So, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm about to be a Hulu watcher in a second one. That's week. right. That's right. So is every channel going to have like a Marvel TV show? Marvel is spreading the wealth and they're going to have something in every communications network. And I'm not. Uh, hey, that's business. You know what I mean? That's just yep. big business. So can't, can't be mad at that at all. Yeah, and if Runaway succeeds, 
And I really don't see how they're going to mess that up because that's just such good source material. So I think yeah. they got a hit on their hands. All right. Well, we were just talking about bid business. And this week in Comics I Copped. Oh, Lord. You know, I need to say that twice. Comics <laughs> I Copped. Because talking bid business this week, you know, we do have the senior editor himself of Lion Forge Comics and today in store, Noble, issue number one. Correct. Correct. Yes, yes. And sales have been brisk. I see many people using that Comics I Copped hashtag, picking up Noble number one. And, you know, we got Joe Illich in the house. So can we just talk a little about Lion Forge and how it feels to have that number one popping off in stores today? Well, you know, I'd have to say it feels pretty damn good because this has been a year in the making, you know, setting this whole universe up with a great team of writers and illustrators and colorists and letterers. And we really feel like noble number one is like a great opening salvo. Um, Our executive editor, Mark Smiley, he equates it to like the opening of a James Bond film, right? We Mm -hmm. kind of felt like, if we're going to kick this universe off, we're not going to do it quietly. Like, we're going to yeah. come in and we're going to make noise. And so Noble Number 1 is kind of like a statement. Like, we're not effing around here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the way, yeah, that was intentional. It's like, you know, you want to come in, are you going to introduce something? You're going to introduce it hard. You know, we're not going to be, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, 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 we got no time for subtle, man. Like Captain America is a bad guy and the the Justice League is going to fight the Watchmen or something. Like who's got time to be subtle, right? So right. we decided to come in with some high impact. And, you know, the team of Brandon Thomas, Roger Robinson, Saida Temafonte, and Juan Fernandez really put their heart and soul into it, you know, knowing that it's going to be the first comic book of the first series that's going to kick off an entire universe. So... We're just feeling good. I did the rounds to a bunch of different stores today in New York, Midtown Comics, Forbidden Planet, JHU Comics, and just saw it on everyone's shelves, took pictures, and some of my coworkers did the same thing in St. Louis. We had a lot of retailers from throughout the United States sending us pictures, people sending us selfies with the book. So it's really a good day, and it's really a good year to kind of kick this off and we're going to be launching a bunch of new titles throughout the entire year and this saturday which is free comic book day we're going to have the catalyst prime the event one shot which is going to tell the origin of the catalyst prime universe so noble was kind of like a preview because mm-hmm. all of the books for the most part take place one year after the story in free comic book day and so I co-wrote that with Christopher Priest. Christopher Priest is like a legend in the business. He did the longest run on Black Panther, like even before Reggie Hudlin or Tani Hasi Coates got to Black Panther. Like Christopher Priest wrote, I think, a five-year run on that for Marvel. And Masterful. You know what I'm saying? You know? And he's about to start tackling the Inhumans for Marvel. And he's writing Deathstroke right now for DC, so... He and I co-wrote that, and the art team that really brought it together, Marco Torini, Will Rosado, Jessica Colleen, Daron Bennett, 
and my editorial assistant, Desiree Rodriguez. We all put a lot into it, you know, because some of these free comic book day books are like reprints, but this mm -hmm. is an original story, 28 pages. It's fully packed. And, you know, something that we did with Noble, which is also going to apply to the free comic book day book, is that, you know, the ending is really going to be climactic. So there's a twist at the end of Noble number one that lets you know that this book is going to go in an unexpected direction. And I'm just going to say, like, all you black women out there mm -hmm. have concerns about yes. black women are represented in comics, take my advice, buy Noble, buy this book. Because, okay, <laughs> if you because, say so. you know what? Buy this book. You're not going to be disappointed. We mm -hmm. got big plans. And um, for the free comic book day book, there's a really important character who's a Latina and she's a billionaire and her name is Lorena Payan. And, you know, again, you know, you look at these comic books and it's like, well, where, where am I? Where am I represented? And what's the range of characterization that you can do with women in comics? And one of the things that we want to do with Catalyst Prime is really do that. So mm. I just want, you know, women to know that we're going to have some interesting characterizations in our books and we'd like you to take a look at them. And, you know, for me, it was important to really bring together some of the best creators in comics because, you know, starting a superhero universe, a lot of people would consider that suicide. Like, what are you crazy? Like, how are you going to go up against Marvel or DC? You know, and I have two answers to that. One of which is, well, I'm not competing with them. You know, I'm not competing on someone else's like landscape like they don't own this they don't own a genre they have their sections and we're going to carve out our section and you know the other answer is quite frankly those companies have concerns of their own to deal with you know what i mean Ooh, wow. so it's like <laughs> i don't i like I don't, better oh, means wow you know, like, um, yeah. like I, don't, I don't i don't have to throw any knives because you numbers know numbers don't lie Numbers don't lie, press releases don't lie, various articles don't lie, and it's you like, know, you know, know. so and, it's and, like, hey man, you know what I gotta do with, with Lion Forge and myself and the Catalyst Prime team has to do is we just have to work hard to provide the best books possible on time, all the time. And that's the course that we're going to stay. So, you know, I'm not looking over my shoulder like, what's Marvel doing? What's Mar what's DC doing? Because honestly, in some ways, I don't really care. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't care what's going on in Avengers. I don't care what's going on in Justice League of America. You know, I don't need to. What I need to be concerned about and what our creators are concerned about is just doing the best work possible because the fans have earned it. And the fans who have been looking for a superhero universe with a bunch of variety and inclusion that does not have stereotypes, they've waited long enough. And now it's here. They don't have to wait any longer. Wow. I mean, I've already read Noble Issue 1. I've also read the free comic book day joint. And folks, you know, they definitely get the comics I cop seal of approval from me. Noble One, especially from the design, I really love the whole design of the Lion Forge comics, the, you know, the art, the layout, everything about it. 
so far. It's just dope, y'all. You know, and I don't mm. ever just give no, you know, bullshit, bullshit ass shout outs on this show. If I feel something, I do. If I don't, you know, I'm going to let y'all know. And it's definitely fire. So definitely head out, pick up Noble Number 1 this week, and then everyone in every store for free comic book day, make sure you grab that, you know, free right there. 28 pages like the man said. Boom, boom, boom. And, you know, we can't get out of Comic Psychop without, you know, shouting out a few other things this week from, you know, not, you know, like you said, you're not in competition with them at all. There's a new issue of Walking Dead from, you know, one of my favorite publishers, Image in the House, and... Oh, Lord, this issue was, man, like, I, I can't even say anything about it because it's huge spoilers if you're not reading it yet. But, yeah, man, it, Robert Kirkman is definitely on his job, as always. And also this week, uh, Secret Empire, number one from Marvel. We were speaking about Marvel going through some problems, and their bid series is kicking off. And, wow. Um, Joe, did you get a chance to read that yet? You know what? Is this uh, a good wow or a bad wow? I'm scared. Well, it's like, oh, okay. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. I picked it up. Mm-hmm. Hit, to be fair, the reviews online have been favorable. Like, in general, they've wow. been getting like an 8 out of 10. So that is the reason I picked it up. Because before I was like, I really don't care about Secret Empire. Right? Like, to me, honestly after this whole thing is over, I would like Chris Evans to write Captain America. Just to tell, <laughs> just to tell it to you straight. Like, 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 because he is Captain America. So yes. as far as I'm concerned, like someone should be talking to him now and they should be like, bro, you got a writer that you, that that's a friend of yours. Can you just write a Captain America comic book so we can get back to the good? And see, I just gave Marvel that for free. My bosses would be pissed off at me for giving Marvel a good idea for free. But I did that. You know why? Because I love Captain America and I care about the fans and they deserve a Captain America that represents the best ideals of this nation. Quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And while, you know, I'm waiting to see how the whole Secret Empire plays out. This issue, you know, Captain America just does some things in it that are pretty irreversible unless... You just like, you know, wish it all away with a cosmic cube at the end, which is really corny to me. So well, I will wait and judge it. You know, once the whole series is out, we're going to have Nick Spencer on the show. Talk to him about it. But in something else from Marvel this week that I have to give a huge, I mean, oh, my God, shout out to is Black Bolt number one by the brother. I don't want to mispronounce his name. Is it Saladin Ahmed? That's yeah, I think yep, that, that would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read Black yeah. Bolt. Yeah. That is we've, how you pronounce. We've been talking on Twitter. Everybody's been asking me when he's to be on here. He'll definitely be on soon because I've really just been waiting to read this issue before, you know, we got him on here because like you, like I say, I don't give no bullshit shout outs. And oh my God, y'all like art by Christian Ward, Black Bolt number one from Marvel is incredible. It is pure fire. And I really can't wait to see where this series goes, just mainly because of the back last page where Saladin has a letters page where he writes and he talks about how this book will explore like what it means to lock people in cages, what it does to people in cages, various things of that nature, which you all know that I am, you know, deeply interested in one way or the other. And the art by Christian Ward is stupid. You know, it's a very ill story. I don't want to give anything away. Just pick up Black Bolt number one. Like, for real, go out and cop that. 
And that's pretty much it for Comics I Cop this week. You know, make sure you check us out every week, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram, all that good stuff. Use the hashtag Comics I Copped. And, yeah, we out here. Make sure you hit up, you know, your stores this week, man. Pick up that noble number one, you know. Word. Ooh, all right. And before we get out of here, though, you know, um, yeah, we were talking about DC just not getting it right. And they just dropped the Aquaman logo. I guess is this in response to Marvel dropping Defenders? Like, this is how you respond? Like, here's the Aquaman logo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you know, are, are y'all wanting more Wonder Woman? Here's the Aquaman logo. Like, um. See. Okay. Uh, I mean, how do y'all feel about it? It looks like the Star Trek logo to me for some reason. I don't know what's happening. The Star Trek um, sign, right? The new joint, yeah. The newer newer movies. Yeah, not the logo, but like the the Federation. Uh, (laughs) You're so confused right now. That shit is so bland. That's the the thing. Like, basically, it seems like with the Aquaman logo and the Wonder Woman logo, they have this philosophy where the logos are basically going to look the same, where it's going to be a very basic font and it's going to have a symbol in the back. And yep. it, see, this again goes to what I think is a quintessential problem with the DC Cinematic Universe, which is it kind of communicates an, um, uh, uh, an embarrassment about <laughs> the iconic nature of its own characters, right? It's like, we can't do Aquaman in orange shirt and green pants. So we mm-hmm. got to make him look like Namor, right? So we can't have an Aquaman logo that has a particular stylistic look that when you visually see it, it communicates Aquaman. We've got to come up with some kind of pretentious, quasi-sophisticated, unified look. Meanwhile, Marvel uses their logos they <laughs> okay. give them a, right they give them a slick effect and it's right. like oh that's that's bold that's confident these things all have different identities so when you hear that there's going to be an aquaman logo revealed and that's what you get it's like it, it really is nondescript like yeah it's like, like it looks like a wicker basket. Honestly, honestly, I bet Jason Momoa could do a better logo than that. Like, did anyone ask Jason Momoa <laughs> to like create the Aquaman logo? Because I bet you, I bet you he could do a better logo than the thing they got. Hey, come on, you know my man's looking at that logo and he's like, next. This is the worst part about it is I didn't even realize that the symbol that is in the logo is actually the symbol on his belt until yeah, they revealed on- this logo. So like, that's the you know, desperation they're going to is like <laughs> the symbol on his belt is part of their logo. Like Wonder Woman, at least everyone knows those double W's, you know, but right. who the hell knows this symbol? Nobody, yeah. nobody, yeah. nobody knows it. And yeah. newsflash, logos are supposed to visually communicate ideas. Mm. This communicates nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it reminds me of a ship in Arrival. A ship in Arrival? It's just because it's what I mean. It reminds you of just okay. It's just wow. 
It doesn't. I mean, you talk about just, that communicated nothing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it's supposed to communicate, but it doesn't communicate Aquaman and me. Sorry. Oh my God. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. You know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry to end on such a note like that, but you know. Yo, please hire Joe Illich for all of your logo and type font <laughs> needs. Let him evaluate them for you because no. he will tell you whether your shit is trash or not. I'm telling Listen, you. Listen, all I know is if you go on Twitter or you go on Facebook and you see the logos for the Catalyst Prime line of books, those are logos. That's how you oh. do it. Okay? <laughs> that is the template. Catch it! You know, that's our gift to comics. We're going to show you how to do it. DC oh. Cinematic Universe people, Look at our logos and then go back to the drawing board. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. As always, thank you to everyone following us on Twitter, subscribing on SoundCloud. Hit us up on YouTube, on the Loudspeakers Network. You know, you can always follow us on our own Fanbro Show Network, but make sure you follow the Loudspeakers Network for all the latest updates from the Fan Bros show. We got our own playlist on there. Yeah, and shouts to everything. Yes. Shouts to all of the new people who have joined fanbros.com oh in the God. last couple of weeks. We have so much amazing, amazing shit on there. We have some fashion sets from uh, Curvy Geeky Girl. We have a new video from um, Uncolored Pages about women Yo, in gaming. Both like of this- them with fire. Fire, like, and that's just that's just a very very small tidbit of all of the new content that's coming out. So proud of everyone who's coming at us saying that they want to join the Fan Bros fam, that they want to contribute. Continue to please email us contact at fanbros.com whether you want to do art, music, write, whatever the case may be. Also, per usual, make sure you're going to lootcrate.com slash fanbros and using the code fanbros to get a discount on Loot Crate. You can get any Loot Crate with our discount code. So you just go there whenever you want to be getting some fly shit, some exclusive shit, do it. For real, for real. And like Tatiana said, thank you to everyone who's been reaching out, who wants to join us, get down with the squad, you know, be one of the luminaries, one of the great ones, get in this circle of trust. I mean, it's been an overwhelming response, but we still need more, more. Give us more. So hit us up, <laughs> contact at fanbros.com. And, you know, anything you want to do that you think the fan bros might be interested in. Like Tatiana said, Curvy Geeky Girl got her joints up on there doing fashion on the fan bros site. That joint, the yeah. woman in comic, I mean, women in video games, let them in. Video is incredible. You know, big shout outs to Mellow Marketer, always holding it down. He's got the review, spoiler free, of Noble issue number one on fanbros.com. God right bless Mellow Marketer for not yes. spoiling it for the readers. Mm-hmm. Don't While spoil the page twenty four for the readers. Uh-uh. <laughs> but he also, you know, gave you a great breakdown on what the series or what the first issue is about, without spoiling that last page, which is good. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, thank you as always to all the listeners. Like I said before, SoundCloud, YouTube, you know, everywhere, iTunes. Thank you very much. Anything else before we get out of here, Tatiana? Make sure you listen and subscribe to Fan Bros on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, 
everywhere. We need your subscriptions heavy. We need you guys to share us heavy because we have so much love for you and we hope you have love for us. Fan Pro.